0: The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now.
1: The recording light is on. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio show about consumer technology, pop culture, and anything else we feel like talking about. I'm JD Biersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, because uh, we've been away for a few weeks, uh, we have a complete wrap-up uh, so far of the Facebook saga and a few other bits of tech news. So the Book of Face. Yeah, the, the Book of Face. And this is like a multi-week recap because I think when we last spoke to each other, the Facebook Files expose and the Wall Street Journal had just rolled out and there was a lot of, of flapping and huffing and puffing and, and they were all about the fact that someone was leaking lots of their internal documents and the Wall Street Journal was happily printing them and there was this faceless whistleblower who was revealing it all. And since that conversation that we had, the Facebook whistleblower has come forward. People all know her name by now, Frances Haugen. She did a big segment on 60 Minutes there. I believe that was on October the 3rd. And she spilled some tea there with the hosts of 60 Minutes, as Dr. Scott Pelley. And uh, she was a data scientist and a project manager at the company. So she wasn't just somebody who was on the periphery of this. She was in deep with what Facebook was doing at the time, had access to troves and troves of internal memos, documents, studies, that sort of thing. I guess she worked for the company up until earlier this year. And then uh, decided to to take off. She was working on a, a um, project, I think, in the division that sort of dealt with uh, democracy, safety, civil discourse, keeping things sort of humane there, especially coming off of the 2020 election. But she made allegations about how Facebook profits over things like the aforementioned democracy, safety, and civil discourse because they wanted to make money. They took off some of the safeguards they'd had on Facebook disinformation and and content that was swirling around after the election. And she backed up all her observations with internal Facebook research documents to show that the company was aware of the effect that it was having on the world. Now, the day after that interview aired, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp all suffered a massive global outage. Massive. Massive. That left the services down, I think it was five or six hours, which in in tech dog years, that's probably like three weeks. But (laughs) the point was made, too, that, yeah, you, you couldn't check Facebook for your birthday calendar, or you couldn't post on Instagram. But WhatsApp, which is not as widely used here in the States, has a huge, huge audience around the world, and a lot of those people could not communicate it with each other. And that was the real pain that was felt there uh, during this outage, was that people who were in family chats or, or even very politically sensitive conversations could not talk to each other because WhatsApp went down. So a lot of people assumed, because this happened the day after the 60 Minutes interview, that This was a a massive hack or perhaps even an inside job from the uh, Francis Haugen fans there. But the official explanation was that it was uh, due to a botched update and Mm -hmm. uh, it was all on Facebook's routers that coordinate network traffic. I think the employee who was responsible for pushing out that line of code is still there, very upset about what happened. And I guess there weren't a lot of safeguards in place that that <laughs> one person pushing out one update could take down the whole network for six hours. so yeah maybe maybe we need to get some safeguards in place here
0: yeah you know what i don't buy a word of it i don't buy a word of yeah it. you think it was i think it was hacked i honestly yeah. think it was hacked and they're they're keeping it mum because if if word got out that facebook got slammed to the ground like that, it would be bad for their business.
1: Yeah. And th- their stock early, I think had had taken a hit. And, and, and it wasn't just their apps that were down, their entire Facebook internal network, including like corporate, like badge because, networks and things.
0: That does not sound like some guy pushed a bad update.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, come on. To blue screen of death, your entire company you yeah. know, for six hours.
0: One dude in your company can do that. Then Facebook needs to reassess from top to bottom.
1: Security and stability. uh, And and, uh, so, so, so all that was happening. And so. And eventually came back and they had their explanation for what happened. But then uh, Frances Haugen continued onward. In addition to sharing her thoughts on 60 Minutes, she also testified in front of a congressional committee a few days later. Oh, yeah. Uh, because as we know, the U.S. Congress has more regulatory power than 60 Minutes. And the, the dominance... and <laughs> Barely. And, uh, yes. Barely. <laughs> barely, yeah. But, but you know, Congress has been sort of looking into these whole monopoly and, and dominance factors and habits of big tech. And this has been an ongoing discussion. So they... Listened and they had questions for Ms. Hagen there, and so she she had her sort of first wave of PR here in the U.S. Now after she did her first round, Facebook's PR department issued a few rebuttal statements. They started this during the Wall Street Journal series that you know they had to, to say something every day to I guess rebut what what the Journal was reporting, and they had a big thing ahead of the 60 Minutes segment. But then CEO Mark Zuckerberg finally responded in his own lengthy post on October the fifth. So this is a couple days after uh, she's done the 60 Minutes thing. And he echoed, I guess we could call them familiar themes from past culpas. I'm sure they've got a big book, like some boilerplate apology oh, yeah. there. They got the,
0: you know, they got an AI thing that
1: just spits it out automatically. Yeah, yeah. And, and so Zuckerberg's post at the most basic level, I think most of us just don't recognize the false picture of the company that is being painted. So yeah, I think I've heard that one before. And mm-hmm. then another one was like, many of the claims don't make any sense. If we wanted to ignore research, why would we create an industry-leading research program to understand these important issues in the first place? place, maybe to bury it, but uh, and if we wanted to hide our results, why would we have established an industry leading standard for transparency and reporting on what we're doing? And I think Francis Hagen also answered that. And then Facebook's own oversight committee, weighed in we'll get to them in a minute. And then this was a very lengthy post by Zuckerberg, but a lot of it seemed to be kind of the, the mea culpa greatest hits. But on that oversight board, you know the Facebook has its own independent oversight board, they released their first quarterly transparency report this week, and among the findings of the transparency report, Facebook has not been fully transparent. They have a very, very long report, which I'm not going to bog us down with more Facebook than we need to, but we will have a link to it on the show page if you want to see what the board found. So the Facebook Oversight Board has weighed in. And so uh, all of this is going on. And now in addition to support from people who had suspicions about Facebook's intentions all along, Ms. Haugen is also getting financial support from a former big tech player himself, billionaire Pierre Omidara, the founder of eBay is handling Hagen's press and government relations in Europe through Luminate, which is his global philanthropy organization. He's also got a foundation that gave $150,000 to the nonprofit group Whistleblower Aid, which is also providing some legal advice and representation during this whole Facebook thing because their suits flying left and right. So uh, he's got an advocacy and investment group called the uh, Omidyar Network, and that has supported antitrust cases against Facebook and Google. So for a guy who made his billions in tech through eBay, I, I think he's sort of got a very uh, overarching view of what's going on now. And, and then things have changed a lot since since eBay was starting out. I mean, the way that, that Facebook and Google and Amazon and, and everyone has kind of taken over the world, it wasn't quite like that 20-some years ago, so... Definitely not. So, Pierre's all into it now, too. But but amid all this fallout from the whistleblower testimony and the leaked documents and, and everyone kind of jumping in, now Facebook has announced it'll be changing its name, or I guess as they call it, rebranding itself. Now, this move is said to have been in the works for a couple of months. Uh, and as of recording oh, time, the new nonsense. name has not leaked. Uh, yeah. I, I guess uh, I read one report that, that Zuckerberg sold trying to decide what it might be called ahead of the, the Facebook's got a big announcement next week. But the renaming of this in their eyes has been compared to Google changing the name of its parent company to Alphabet. And I guess since Facebook's eponymous product here has taken on some tarnish uh, in the in through recent years and scandals, maybe they want to maybe not highlight that. And maybe it's not their core product anymore since the youngs don't care about Facebook. So since they've also got WhatsApp, Instagram, Oculus, uh, and the other products, uh, you know, maybe there, there's talk of some, some kind of name with Meta worked into it. I don't know if we want to go Matrix, if we want to go Skynet, uh, oh, what, what their <laughs> <laughs> what what their new yeah. corporate name will be, but, but they're said to be thinking about it. So, so that's sort of a, the Facebook in a, in a not so fast nutshell, but um, I'm, I'm finding, you know, maybe it's, it's the karma coming around the reports though, because they know that they're losing young people. Like if the youngs go to Instagram at all. You know, th- that's where they go. They're not going to Facebook as much as Facebook is for old people, apparently. And, and a lot of them aren't even going to Instagram. They're going to TikTok and they're going TikTok. to Snapchat. That's right. And and they have other things to do. And without this pipeline of, of fresh young users, I think Facebook's getting a little nervous because, you know, once your user base either gets really angry about what you're doing and quits or they just die of old age, you know, you're not really building a new base there.
0: Yeah. And you know what? You got to give the youngs credit. They're savvy. They know what's going on with Facebook. They understand. They get it. Yeah. They really do get it.
1: So I'm I'm sure there will be uh, even more uh, updates on this saga uh, the next time we come together. But let's move on. Uh, We don't want to spend the whole time bogged down in Facebook. We do have a ransomware attack to discuss. uh, Oh, nice. As as you know, these continue around the country. The Sinclair Broadcasting Group uh, was one of the latest (laughs) high-profile victims here. company which owns 184 local TV stations in 86 markets, and I believe they have a a bunch of uh, regional sports networks in there, had much of its programming knocked off the air on October 17th by this cybersecurity crisis. I guess the the ransomware got in there and they couldn't get to their graphics and their their files and things that you need to do, especially uh, local TV programming. So people were completely locked out of their stuff. The company said it is mostly recovered from the attack, but the investigation is ongoing. But if you were watching uh, TV on a, a Sinclair station, you know, d- during this day, yeah, it's a, <laughs> sorry. That, that, that's sorry. what was going on. Sorry, sorry. Yes, yes. Uh, but moving on. Moving on. The previous U.S. president has announced his own all-new social network that's coming soon. It's called Truth Social and aims to compete with Twitter and Facebook, two platforms that banned this former president earlier this year. Moving on. Yes. Totally. Um, yes. <laughs> 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 Enough said. Now, however, Not this nice. is the interesting thing because the folks at Vice, who, as you know, Vice is a very tech-oriented site, the, the motherboard, and they and they dig deep. And they've spotted this Truth Social out in the wild and report that the platform looks to be a fork of the open source code base Mastodon. And in fact, the founder of Mastodon himself said it's a version of Mastodon. And for those unfamiliar with it, Mastodon is a piece of open source software that people can use to create their own social networks. So Vice dug a little deeper uh, into the terms of service for Truth Social and uh, all the way down in the, the legal stuff you get the Terms of Service says that all of its own source code is proprietary, but the software experts point out that that could be a violation of Mastodon's license because it's free software. It's released under the AGBPL version 3 license, so anyone can use it provided that they comply with the requirements in that particular license. And the main part of that one says that you have to make your source code and any modifications available to the public, so you can't make it proprietary if you've used their stuff. So Uh,
0: I think that's why the public beta... I think there was like a public beta or something. It's been being pulled back, from what I understand. Yeah, Last so, I heard it's being uh, kind of wiped from the intranets.
1: Yeah, so and and I believe this is where the the vice folks saw it was this this beta, uh, and they had a, a post or a little line on on their story that said, "Hey, if anyone's on this and you know, wants to talk to us, uh, here's our number." So so they're very interested in, in finding out more about this but yes, true social maybe going back to the shop perhaps for some original code writing or who knows what but briefly there and gone. For those bummed out that the Android app functionality was not included with Windows 11 when it rolled out earlier this month, Microsoft now has a preview version of its Windows subsystem for Android that's available to beta testers and it provides access to apps from the Amazon App Store software testers. If you're interested in this, you need to be on Intel AMD or Qualcomm processor in order to try out Android apps in Windows 11. That was one of the things that they were really touting that, oh, Windows 11 would be great. You can do this. And then it wasn't in the shipping version that came out the first week of October. We've all seen this happen where they have to to do a massive update later and, and patch it in. But are you going to Windows 11? Or you, I haven't
0: uh, even seen it now. I was just thinking that maybe I should try to update my, uh, my lone Windows machine to see if it actually will work with my stuff.
1: Yeah, because as you know, these, these major upgrades, they, they tend to leave little drivers behind, and it's always they the do. ones that you need. They do. Yes. My laptop is so old, I'll probably just end up getting a new one uh, to make that window, You because know, Yeah, all, I,
0: might, I might do the same. I might do the same. you got to have a Windows machine.
1: Yeah, and no, you know, I don't want to hear a little portal processor scream if it, <laughs> you know, if it's at the low end of, of what can yeah, run. So that fan, the fan, yes, it's screaming at you. Yes, I hate you. Yes. Uh, but, but speaking of newness, uh, though, Google just announced new Pixel phones for twenty twenty one. People have been waiting for the Pixel six line all fall. They have arrived. The Pixel 6, which starts at, I believe, $600 for your, your model and the larger Pixel 6 Pro, which starts at 900 both feature the company's Tensor processors, but it's the camera specs that really seem to have a lot of reviewers excited. Now, the Pixel 6 does not have the the telephoto lens like you see on the, the high-end iPhones with the three lenses on the back, and I think some of the, the Samsungs have the three lenses, so it's just got the two rear cameras, but one of those rear cameras is 50 megapixel. That's your main camera. And then there's a 12 megapixel uh, ultra wide with a 114 degree field of view. So, uh, and then I know we've had, there's been like a Lumia, there was something that was like super, super high pixel, but this is quite a jump because I think a lot of cameras are 12 or maybe 20. And then we're going up to 50 megapixels here for your your Google Pixel. That's beefy. Yeah, that's got to be some enormous files. so but, but for people who mainly use the, the phone as their camera, very enticing. And, and the Pixel line has come quite a long way. I know when they first came out, people were like a little, eh, the Samsungs are nicer. But I think that Google has kind of like started to really focus on hardware design after being more about software for quite a while. And, yeah, and you know,
0: the only reason I didn't get a, a, a Pixel was because uh, they didn't have them when I went to buy an Android phone. So I went with a Samsung. And I, I'm happy with the decision. It's a damn good phone, mm-hmm. but um, yeah,
1: I might take a look at these, uh, at the Pixel, the Pixel SACE. Yes, with, with, you know, all these big pixels and the megapixels on your camera yes. there. And then the and Android 12, they also come with Android 12, and that system is rolling out to other phones. You know how... Getting updates on Android is always a pain because it also depends on the carrier when they're going to do it and they got to put their own stuff in. And sometimes it's the model of your phone whenever it can get it and the developer pushes it out. So I believe it is rolling out to, I believe, at least the Pixel 4s are starting to get it and they're pushing it out to some of the Samsung phones as well. Android 12 landed on the Android Open Source Project page uh, a couple of weeks ago. And they're slowly pushing it out in waves to existing phones that are compatible with the software. Android 12 supports a new user interface and faster performance. This is the things that we always get in, in new operating systems. And they have really leaning into the privacy tools. There's a privacy dashboard that gives the users better visibility over when the app is like grabbing your microphone or your camera for something. You get the warning there. They're giving you more control over your precise location data because no one wants to be tracked. And if an app wants a precise location outside of like the city you're in, and then you can say whether or not it can have it. It also tells you when your microphone and camera are being accessed and there's some toggles there. Apple's been, you know, yapping a lot about its privacy and how it, it likes to keep people's data safe. And they have put in some of that stuff already, but Android 12 is adding it now. So nice. that should be rolling out. And another Google news, the Google Play Store has announced that next year, the Play Store will only take a fifteen percent cut on all subscriptions from the first day one signs up, instead of dropping that fee from thirty percent to fifteen percent after a year. They were originally starting at thirty, and then they would drop it if the developer could prove that their app was good enough that people would sign up for a second year. But now they're gonna just be fifteen across the board. I think this is heat from Uh, uh, European uh, monopoly uh, folks here so that that app store duopoly may be cracking a little bit. Uh, Amazon, of course, you know, is out doing Amazon things. They're already kicking off the holiday shopping season early. We've heard a lot about the supply chain and, and also, you know, how it may take things longer to get here. But Amazon's already got its gift guides up and they've got discounts. And I think Best Buy's are also doing black friday deals in october because everyone is very very worried about component supplies and stuff being trapped on cargo ships off the coast of america and so they're trying to get everyone to to shop early Uh, but amazon's got several category pages for like toys home beauty electronics and fashion where they've got deals listed so it's not quite christmas in july but uh, people (laughs) are gearing up here in october for their um their shopping needs and finally and finally, as expected, Apple held its second product event of the fall season. Uh, that was on October the 18th. And the reaction by many news outlets and fans was, uh, I think, even more than the, uh, the September event. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yawn. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the same thing here. Uh, the Mashable website even ran its review under the headline, In the worst Apple event ever, the tech giant becomes a parody of itself. Wow. So, yeah, that pulling no wow. punches there. The, now, the announcements that they did have included uh, MacBook Pro models available with either the M1 Pro or the M1 Max. These are their two new Apple-made processors. Now, these new MacBooks also uh, ditched the touch bar strip, which most people never really figured out what to do with. If you noticed it was there, oh, yeah, oh look, I can go back on a web page or my controls for my volume are here. But a lot of people just never caught into it and preferred I just want physical function keys. So I know what's going to happen when I push the key and I don't want this touch bar you know changing around you know contextually so so the touch bar strip is going away and i believe the magsafe power cords are also making a return but coming onto the screens are the screen notch uh, similar to those in the late model iphones which has got a lot of people wound up because if you didn't like the notch on your phone you're probably not going to like it on your laptop even though you get a little more screen space because the bezel has changed but anyway there's notches on uh, these these new macbook pros I, I, i don't know about that notch i don't know about that notch yeah, some people also you know just want to to complain, but um, but yeah, there, there's a notch there. Uh, there's also uh, in that announcement, uh, newly redesigned AirPod wireless earphones with spatial audio and adaptive EQ. D- does that get you interested at all? Doesn't
0: get me. Gets my daughter interested because her uh, AirPods, strangely, two years almost to the day we got them for her, just one of them just crapped out.
1: Oh really? Just just stop working! Surprise! Surprise! Oh man, the, the glue fell apart on the inside or something. <laughs> so it was timed perfectly. So I may
0: actually have to buy one of these AirPod threes.
1: Yes. <sighs> oh, maybe maybe she can enjoy spatial audio and adaptive. Or does she care about that? She just oh, she wants doesn't to
0: care about any of that stuff. She tunes. just wants to. She just wants to hear her music. That's it.
1: Yeah. All right, well, well, perhaps new new AirPods for her. Oh, and I believe you have uh, noticed uh, this particular trend with Apple, too. Uh, wait for it. Those tennis ball-shaped HomePod minis are now available in three new colors. Uh, wow. Orange, yellow, and blue. It's a uh,
0: parody. They really are a parody. They were right. What is it? The Verge said this? Who who said that they were a parody of themselves? Mashable, but yeah. Mashable. The, yeah, they were right. They were 100% right. Yeah. Absolutely like a, right.
1: An orange HomePod is, is really going to get people to buy it uh, just I, just and this is adding to their their space gray and their their sort of whitish balls but and really i was like orange yellow and blue is like could you not even at least give the 70s kids a thrill <laughs> and do you know the the harvest orange and that yes. yellow and then the yes. avocado green you know at yes. least give us some 70s kitchen colors like a ford pinto damn it yeah so so but yeah it's this kind of darkish navy blue instead so so, so that, that was the crux of their announcements, which it was like, whatever. And uh, Bloomberg, though, reports that the supply chain Grinch could be banjaxing, you know, any of Apple's stuff as well. Uh, in addition to like Best Buy and Amazon being worried, they're uh, looking at the sites there. And I guess orders for the new iPhone 13, the iPad mini, the ninth generation iPad and the Series 7 on the Apple Watch and these new MacBook Pros. The shipping times, they're not even showing that they're going to be fulfilled until November or December. And once that starts getting pushed back, then you know, maybe it's, you know, you're, you're having your holiday uh, gift given there in, in January.
0: Folks, you got to go old school and make your presents this year. Just yes. make something. Handcrafted. Okay? So Handcrafted. That's right.
1: Yeah, so it's uh, it'll be interesting, you know. And and then and they keep saying, well, you know, that the all of the stuff that's on there it shows that Americans just really want to spend money, and they've ordered all these things they just can't get there because of truck driver shortage and the boat thing. But but who knows? So if you are you know, handcraft your gifts, uh, as Al Kaiser says. But anyway, that that's been a, a not so quick look at the, some things that have been happening in the news uh, since our last show. For anyone out there who would like to know more, you can find a handy page of links online at. PopTechJam.com Up next, I believe you have some Bluetooth headphones to discuss. I do. I do.
0: J.D. Pedro. Folks have been asking me, it's been a consistent request about Bluetooth headphones. Now, you know that I am not a fan of Bluetooth headphones because, number one, the technology has not reached a point. Bluetooth technology has not reached a point where a Bluetooth set of headphones is going to sound good as a decent pair of wired headphones. It's just fact, folks. Don't at me. Don't flood my DMs or anything like that. It's just facts. Sound pay, comes better through the wire, right? That's right. You can pay as whatever you want for Bluetooth headphones, but it will always be... A limit because of the technology involved and the software involved, okay? So, knowing that right off the bat, and again, with headphones, as I always say, it's subjective. What may sound great to me may not sound so great to you. So, just keeping all of that in mind, I want to talk to you folks about the Status flagship ANC headphones. Now, Status, they're at status.co, C-O. status is a, a brandless. Company. I don't know if that makes sense, but every headset that they sell does not come with a brand. It doesn't say status on them. You know, like you know, you buy a pair of headphones and they'll say Sony or they'll say whatever, you know, AKG. They'll be the branded stuff so people know what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Status doesn't do this.
1: Really? Are they sort of just very off-level, discreet, like no label whatsoever? Yeah,
0: no label. I mean, the box will say that it's a status product and and all that stuff, but they're, they're, you know, to be honest, they are a no-frills kind of company, mm-hmm. right? Their shtick is they're giving you high-end headphones and audio products for a cheaper price. Okay, that's their shtick, and the way they do that is they get them from a factory in China with no brand, pretty similar to something else that might be in the in the world, for instance. The flagship ANCs look a lot, a lot like what you would get from, let's say, a Sony or even an AKG, as I mentioned before. It's got that plasticky Bose-type, you know, uh, oval-type shape earpad.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you but so, so
1: there's some, some
0: familiarity. Absolutely, and them. it's got that rubberized plastic, which a lot of these noise-canceling headphones have now. But the bottom line is, with that, speaking strictly on taking it at its merits, only on its merits, the Status, flagship ANC, is a damn good set of noise-canceling headphones. Now, I'm not a big fan of the company. I've had my issues. They have a pair of headphones called the CB1s, Status does, that is a pretty darn good set of wired headphones. They're used in a lot of recording studios now. They're inexpensive, but they sound good. But their customer service is almost non-existent. So I'm going to warn you folks now. When you pay $179, you will get email support, and that's probably it. It took three months for me to get these headphones. Now, I understand, again, supply chain issues and all that stuff. But just getting a shipping date from the folks at Status was a problem. I had issues with them before where I needed a replacement cable, was never able to get it. They suggested that I just go out and buy something else. You know? I
1: see. So yeah, so, so unsatisfactory. Of,
0: yes. So keeping that in mind, you're going to pay $179 for these headphones, and they compare favorably to these luxury headphones like the Apple AirPods Max, and the Sony WH-1000X series, the XM3 and the XM4. I would say right off the bat that this $179 headphone, noise-canceling, top-of-the-line specs, 35-hour battery life, I've gotten about 25 to 28 hours, which is phenomenal. I mean, just really phenomenal. It compares very favorably to, to the Sony 1000XM4, which you get about twenty-five to thirty hours of headphones. that's just spectacularly good for a set of headphones. Now, when it comes to sound quality, again, they compare really favorably to the Sony WH1000XM4s, which are, in my opinion, the best noise-canceling headphones out there, all-around noise-canceling headphones out there,
1: Bluetooth noise-canceling headphones. Out there. And what's the price differential between those and the Sony?
0: compared to $179. And if you buy the status headphones, you will not be disappointed with the sound quality. Now, again, you know, you don't get all the bells and whistles. There's no software applications like the Sony where you can EQ and all that. This is no frills. You get the noise-canceling headphones, and that's it. And even when it comes down to the announcements on these noise-canceling headphones, you know how you hear the voice where it goes like, pairing, or... Uh, noise cancelling off. The voices, the recorded voices on the status kind of sound like it was done in someone's basement. You know what I mean? It's just some guy saying off, you know, and then the ver- the, the levels are off and, you know, that's just, it's, it's little things like that that make you realize you're not dealing with a Sony or an Apple or a Bose, you're dealing with a no frills brand. So if you can live with all that, the Status flagship ANCs are a damn good set of headphones. I would strongly recommend, if you can live without the customer support because there isn't any. It is a no-frills product. And they even compare favorably to the Apple AirPod Maxes. In fact, I would suggest, don't spend $550 on AirPod Maxes. The only saving grace, It is a luxury set of headphones. They have great noise canceling, the best in the business, the Apple
1: AirPods. And they're very stylish too, as I recall. Very
0: stylish, but sound wise, the status blows them away, period, end of story. So, you know, if you wanna spend $550 on an AirPod Max's or $350 on a set of Sony 1000XM4s, go right ahead. But you will not go wrong with the status Flagship ANCs.
1: Okay, so if you can get them and get a shipping date and get them, you'll be very happy.
0: Yes, I would. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. And, you know, I very rarely say that. You're paying at least $200 cheaper than something comparable. Why wouldn't you want to get a deal like that?
1: All right, well, I'd never heard of this brand, this entity before, so it's been very illuminating. I guess that's how they save their money is they don't have to do a lot of logo marketing. They don't don't uh, do any logo
0: marketing at all. And most of their advertising is done on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. They do a lot of social pushes.
1: So. yeah, right. so so they're definitely a small homegrown company, perhaps. Correct. Correct. All right. well, well, thank you for uh, the illumination there. Yeah, I'll have another set of headphones shortly in a couple of weeks.
0: you know, they they keep coming. Yep. can't stop, won't stop. And Kaiser <clears throat> Kaiser's okay with this.
1: No, absolutely not, but that's yeah. a different story. You know, it's for science, it's for science honey science. Yes, and we will have a link to the status page uh, for people who want to check them out. Absolutely. We have to thank the bros. I guess we do. Thank you, bros. Thank you, bros.
0: Built by bros.com. If you think it, they will build it.
1: And thank you, listeners. We are glad you're still out there listening, especially all you folks who uh, mention comments and, and tweet at us and things. Uh, we, we do love you all, and we uh, hope everyone's doing well out there. Absolutely, we do. We do love you all. Yeah, and so until next time, uh, when we're back with more, perhaps you will have Facebook's new name by the next time uh, we record and, and maybe Apple will have even more product. Sky, Who knows? it. Yes. Until then, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosa. Everyone stay safe and sane.